Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD plus. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is about tug-of-war. It was an official Olympic event from 1900 to 1920, and it was originally used in China around maybe the 8th century to train warriors. Each side would have its own set of drummers to inspire them, and in ancient Greece, they would actually hold hands to make it even more difficult. That doesn't really have a lot to do with today, except that maybe CrossFit is not that different from tug-of-war and that you're pulling with everything you have in it. Who knows? What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's guest is the 2013 CrossFit Games world champion in her age group, which is not the age group I would have expected in the 40 to 44 group. You look much younger than that, Amanda. And by the way, this is Amanda Allen. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. You are most welcome. Now, in case it's not obvious from that that greeting there, you, you're you not from North America. You're down in <laughs> Australia, right? I'm down on the bottom of the planet. Yeah, South Australia. Yeah, Australian. Now, 
if you are watching this on iTunes or on YouTube, you would see that I'm looking at a woman who is clearly in better shape than me. <laughs> you have the most amazing arms. It's just impressive. Uh, there's three years of CrossFit in these arms. Uh, mm. It shows. <laughs> now, you only started in, what, 2010 or 2011 in CrossFit? It, it's about three years now. Like, it's it's literally three years in the lead up oh. to the, the coming season, 2014 season. Yeah. Okay. And you finished, what, in the top 20 in 2011 and just kind of went straight for it yeah it was all an accident and um yeah i hit the crossfit games at 40 almost 41 when i hit the crossfit games having six months in the sport um so it was a whirlwind have you always been like an athlete your whole life and then you became in interested in crossfit or did you just have a wake up one day and just be like i'm i'm gonna be like superwoman Oh my gosh, it's um, it's an interesting story. You know, I've been all athlete or or the polar opposite of an athlete um, all my life. You know, I've really battled uh, both ends of the spectrum. And um, you know, thankfully today, 43, whatever. Um, you know, I'm I'm just all I'm all athlete. I'm all health, and I'm um, you know, I'm all radiant <laughs> energy. And uh, what a gift that is. But uh, no, it hasn't been it hasn't been um, all one thing for me. Okay. That's interesting. And the reason I wanted you to come on the show is that in addition to doing CrossFit, like you've you've done some other things like yoga and Reiki and massage yeah, and yeah. psychology. So you're, you're pretty well rounded on the wellness front. And, you know, one of the one of the things that that people talk about with CrossFit is that, you know, it, it can be hard on your body. Right. And it's also really good for your body, as you can tell from looking for you. So there's like a delicate balance of, you know, really intense exercise and then intense recovery. And you are someone who's clearly mastered that balance because you're, you know, performing at this very elite level and, you know, you're doing it after age 40, which makes it tougher and you're in really good health. And so I, I want to know your secrets. Like, how do you do this? It's gosh, it's so interesting, and um, you know, funnily enough, Dave, I'm I'm writing a book to answer this question because I I get it every day, over and over and over, and um, hopefully I don't bore people with the response. But um, you know, it hasn't been a simple process. It hasn't been an easy journey, and I had to have the absence of all of that. You know, the absence of health, the absence of mental uh, well-being. You know, the absence of all of that to slowly over 40 years find my way to what I enjoy today and, and what's given me the foundation to be able to be as um, successful and resilient as I am with CrossFit in my life, in my 40s, you know. Um, but it's, um, you know, I've, I focus on absolutely everything that I have any control over in my life. So if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not tra training, which is the only place I have any right to be breaking down, if I'm not training, I'm recovering. And that is every 1% of every single aspect of my life, anything I think, you know, anything I eat, whatever I drink, the people I surround myself with, um, you know, the, the, uh, the environment I live in, you, you name it, um, you know, everything as, I know, as um, rigid and disciplined as that sound, sounds, it's not, it's an absolute joy, but it's, it's every 1%. And I don't know anybody who is as dedicated or madly obsessive as I am about recovery. That is a, a Twitter quote right there. You know, if, if I'm not, we say, if, if I'm not training, I'm, re I'm recovering. And right. so there you go. You've become a successful CrossFitter 
because you focus on recovery as much as you focus on the you know really good intense exercise that you're getting. Well, there's only so many hours a day that you can train. So say I'm training four hours a day. Well, look, at, look, there you go. I've got another 20 hours of the day to screw it up or to get it right. And um, and I, I spend I spend those 20 hours, um, you know, being a beast at recovery. <laughs> and do you really train for four hours a day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a seven-day-a-week girl. Um, it's what works for me. It, it's um, I've tried having uh, recovery days, you know, three days on, one day off, all of that sort of carry on. And I, I simply don't come back better from it. So I'm better if I'm just, uh, just um, you know, running that motor constantly um, with fluctuations in intensity, of course. But, you know, a Sunday is a, a long recovery run, you know, 90 minutes with my beautiful dog. And that's pure joy to me. That's not um, breaking me down. But for the next person who also doesn't have my background, you know, as a professional triathlete for many years, um, you know, it may not work for them. I wouldn't advise seven days a week to any of my clients or most people, but I found it works for me. Well, the individuality of this this whole path of biohacking and figuring out what works, you've got to test it, you've got to see. So mm. it's interesting, it does work. Do you think it's because you were a, you know, a triathlete, like a pro-level triathlete for so long before you switched to CrossFit? Or did you switch? Are you doing both or are you pretty much all CrossFit all the time now? Oh, I can't look at CrossFit. Uh, sorry, I can't look at uh, triathlon anymore. <laughs> uh, it bores me. Um, I would do it and I have done it in um, CrossFit competitions, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it, no, it, it holds no um, enticement to me anymore. But um, it, it's never one thing, is it? It's never, uh, you know, just one thing in isolation. You know, um, I I do have that background, so it does lend itself to me being an endurance kind of beast. But I'm also I'm also that mentality. Like I know what my personality is like, and I need to chip, chip, chip away. You know, I'm not the person who needs to go hard, have a big break, go hard, have a big break or eat really, really well and have a cheat day and eat yeah. really well and have a cheat day. I, I just need to keep, you know, the engine running constantly um, and that, that works for my personality. Do you have a trainer who helps you with all this or do you sort of self-coach? Uh, I'm a strange creature. I have three coaches and I also, <laughs> and I also uh, get in the mix there as well. So I guess effectively I'm... I'm coached by four people, if I include myself, but I have one coach who has been my coach from the very first day that I walked into CrossFit, Ben Norman at CrossFit Adelaide, and, and he's the poor guy who has to deal with my personality and integrating the uh, the coaches involved in you know making uh, me the success that I am. That is impressive that you have multiple coaches and, and you work like that. Uh, mm. Is that common in CrossFit? Look, you know, it's the same as anything. It's uh, what what is common. Um, the uncommon is common, you know, in CrossFit, and <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody is different. And I wasn't I wasn't the same in my first year. My first year was one coach only. I knew very little, um, and I totally deferred to to Ben. Um, and then that has just slowly evolved and changed. And no doubt, it will continue to evolve and change. Um, and, you know, and that's the nature of growth. That's the nature of um, improvement. That's just the nature of life, isn't it? It it really is. There's, I think, in any sports discipline, or honestly, even as an entrepreneur, any sort of CEO discipline, if you're not, if you don't have your ego in enough check to allow people like coaches to come in and 
you know, and, and help you in the areas where you need improvement or even the areas where you already kick ass, you just want to kick more ass. I've, I found it's much harder to progress. And I wish that when I was a young man, I had understood that because I'm like, I'll do it alone. And, and I do find some of that comes out in, in CrossFit. Like, like there's this, there's a, a, this is a community. This is my tribe. But then there's like, you know, I'm, I'm on the bars and you know, it, 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 it's almost like a, some people have a resistance to, you know, coaching about their form and things like that. Do you come across that in, in the gym or is that, has that been your experience? I mean, I'm, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> if, if I understand your question correctly, it's funny, isn't it? Um, we're all resistant to change. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would resist it also if it worked for me, but I just seem to have been on one of these paths where I have no choice about the change that's happening in my life. I've just got to hold on for dear life and ride that wild wave. And, um, you know, change is uncomfortable. When I want to add a you know, new coach or two new coaches but still keep my current coach on board, you know, that's threatening to my current coach. That's uncomfortable for me because there's possibly conflict. But I have no choice. You know, when I came back from the CrossFit Games in 2013, having won Masters, but, but in winning Masters, I also missed out, um, you know, by a, a few points at our regional championships in 2013. I missed out on going back as an individual competitor and I have missed out just over the last two years. And so when I go back to, to the drawing board and go, well, that's not what I wanted. You know, in a way there's, um, there's a failure. I don't, you know, I don't think that's a negative thing. It's just there was a failure in, in one area of my training. What am I going to do about that? I need to find a new coach. And um, I was willing to, to strip everything back and begin again, you know, like, um, let my current coach let change everything basically, and um, and with that of course comes incredible risk and um, um, a lot of um, uncertainty. And who likes uncertainty? You know, we 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 creatures that that constantly looking for that security and certainty. But you know, you have to be willing to risk everything to improve and to grow, and you know, to to take the opportunities. Um, so when I came back from the games, I was. Um, really uncomfortable about all of the decisions that I was I just felt I had to make you know there was that wild wave coming through again and it required my attention and my commitment to be uh, willing to change um, and uh, you know constantly as uncomfortable as that change makes me I, um, I I'm always progressing you know there's always improvement you know I'm only getting better and um and even getting better at um, being willing to risk change. And um, I, I think a lot of people just, you know, we all would just want to arrive at our des destination and sit back and, we, you know, take it easy. Um, you know, so change is uncomfortable and uh, not everybody wants to be uncomfortable. I was doing a podcast interview earlier uh, with, uh, uh, with a guy, uh, Dan Hurley, who's written a book about creating mental change and really making yourself smarter. And that was a conclusion that we both came to was that no matter what you do every day, if you do something that makes you uncomfortable, that it causes increases in brain function, increases in, in how you perform. And it doesn't really matter if it's, you know, the extra hard crossword puzzle, if that's something that's difficult for you, or whether it's, you know, challenging yourself in a box until you fall over panting, it's the intensity and it's the the fact that you're uncomfortable, that your your body's uncomfortable, that drives change. And mm. it sounds like you've driven quite a lot of change in like three years. Well, I don't think it's a lot. The last three years have been easy, I think, compared to the previous twenty. But um, as a I think, triathlete, <laughs> uh, well, just as um, 
you know, just a, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of issues. <laughs> you know, I, I was not a particularly well kid, you know, I suffered a lot of depression and uh, a range of health issues and, you know, just journeying through all of that is, um, I honestly believe it's laid the foundation for, you know, what I'm able to manage and enjoy today. But every day I turn up to CrossFit, e every hour at some point I am... I'm facing my own fear, you know. It is scary to turn up and to work as hard as I do day in, day out. You know, it could be one lift at a time, one hour at a time, but there's not a day goes by that I don't wake up and confront fear over and over and over again in in my CrossFit world. Um, and, yeah, that makes you stronger. That builds extraordinary character, and I, I love CrossFit for that more than anything. Um, it's easy to get into a groove in triathlon, um, but with CrossFit there's – you don't get to sit in any groove. <laughs> you never do. You're constantly being um, confronted and battered and um, and tested. I love CrossFit for that. It asks me every day, "What are you made of? You know, what have you got? You know, do you have the depth of character that's required to step up?" And over and over and over again, that question is being answered for me. It it's interesting in that CrossFit is holding the intensity relatively constant, as in really intense even though mm. the activities vary, mm. which is a kind of a different approach than you typically find. Mm. And I think it's that mix that makes it particularly, uh, particularly addictive. Um, are, are you familiar with, uh, with the flow state, sort of the athletic flow state that you get into when things just sort of you lose time Absolutely. and you're just there? Yes, yeah. Does CrossFit yeah. do that for you? Uh, like, like Absolutely. When it does. It's okay. something... It's something, um, you know, that they're like those peak moments where you're totally in the zone, if mm -hmm. that's what you're yeah. referring to. Yeah. And they are so rare, do you know, and that that's what every athlete chases and it doesn't matter what level you are. Um, and I've just been writing um, my first book, which is almost finished, and um, I write about that on um, – on only rare occasions, and I can remember those. I can remember those workouts, and it may be um, at competition or in a just in a day-to-day -day workout. But I can remember them like they were, um, you know, a moment ago. They're pure, and they're extraordinary. And um, and you don't reach them very often. Or I haven't found that I do. So even yes. even in the box, you're not necessarily uh, hitting those on a regular basis. I'm. I'm forming a hypothesis here about you know, intensity of exercise and duration um, based on uh, an earlier conversation with Stephen Kotler, um, whose work might be interesting to you for your book. Uh, he's, he just wrote uh, Becoming Superhuman, uh, or no, the, sorry, The Rise of Superman, he wrote. Uh, and it's, it's looking at extreme athletes, uh, including triathletes and people like that. And how do they get in that state, the one you're talking about athletes chasing? And it strikes me that that just the level of intensity plus the variability in CrossFit would be amazing for uh, for creating that state, just just because you're so all into it. Uh, so I don't know if that's a, a helpful uh, data point for you. Um, but in your experience, do you find it more in CrossFit, or did you find it more as a triathlete, or is it just so rare that it's hard to say? It is a state, isn't it? And um, I did a lot of time meditating for uh, for years ago. I um, I became vegetarian, and I took a guru, and I chanted the thousand names of the divine mother every night in Malaya land before I went to bed. You know, I was wow. totally immersed in another world. You know, constantly searching, and um, it's a meditative state. Like I think that yeah. peak um, peak or that flow, as you describe it, is. Um, it's a state and, and it is meditation. And I've found for me 
that and I, I really struggled with meditation. I explored everything I could, but CrossFit is that. CrossFit is meditation for me. And, um, you know, you have those times where your meditation is more pure and the thoughts are less. Um, and then you have those times where it's just, you know, it's noise in your head. And um, I think constantly turning up to CrossFit, yes, and the intensity and finding a rhythm. Like that's what I find is, um, you know, my breath and the next count and the next movement, and my breath and the next count and the next movement or my breath and the step back and the next movement. That That is the meditation. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's, um, you know, I don't think it's intensity related. Um but intensity does help me go there because it, it is so um, all-consuming, also all-demanding, um, and I, I love it for that. Um, you know, my um, my friends from my days when I was meditating would be horrified that I find um, meditation in CrossFit. They, they couldn't possibly touch it, but for me, that's <laughs> what works. You know, there, there had to be incense and there had to be, um, you know, an enormous picture of the Divine Mother, but... Um, you know, for me, I can take all of that with me into CrossFit and um, that just makes me who I am, just a little bit odd. Uh, but it works mm-hmm. and I love it. Do you do strange <clears throat> strange breathing exercises? Like when you're exercising, do you only breathe through your nose or do you time your breathing when you're you're doing a training workout? Uh, I, I've tried breathing through my nose and I've tried running when I used to run a lot through my nose and I, I can't get enough air in. And, um, okay, it doesn't work for you. Breathing. No, as much research as there is to support its effectiveness and value, I can't do it, so I've given that away. Um, but every every workout, it, like it speaks to me um, and it, it determines how I find the rhythm, where I find the pattern of breathing um, and, and that, that gives me the momentum and that, that does take me into that, um, like you say, that flow. Now, you have some... I, 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 I guess I, in every single work, I search for it. You know, I search for that rhythm. I search for that flow. I search for that breathing pattern. You know, I'm constantly looking you know, to that pure experience of, 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 that, um, of that workout. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, that, that's, I think, insightful, and it's not something that you hear athletes talk about too much. So I appreciate you just kind of laying it out there and sharing it. <clears throat> you have something tattooed on your bicep. What does it um, say there? I do, I do, I do. Freedom. Can you see God, it? That is a really ripped bicep. I think I have arm envy that. here. <laughs> <laughs> it says freedom, right? Oh, it says freedom, yeah. Why did you yeah. get freedom on your bicep? Um, yeah, I got it um, actually just over a year ago. And, um, you know, it really is where I'm at in my life. And I have not um, not enjoyed freedom. Um, and, and actually... Um, Freedom Through Discipline is a tour I just did, a speaking tour, a seminar tour up the east coast of Australia. I jumped into a motorhome with my dog and um, <laughs> went and spoke um, for you know at, at many CrossFit boxes all, all up the east coast of Australia. But Freedom Through Discipline is something, um, you know, I, I hated discipline. I rejected discipline um, for most of my life and anybody who had it, I, I think I disliked but I, I probably envied and... Um, I think it was a Nelson Mandela quote, freedom through discipline, and I read it about 10 years ago and it changed everything. It was like one of those <gasps> aha moments and um, and I, I discovered that the only way for me to have freedom is through through my the disciplining of my own being, you know, and controlling the controllables. And um, so freedom, you know, is, has come like ironically through through discipline and discipline in my life and integrating that into every aspect. And, um, yeah, that, that is the most exquisite experience to have 
total freedom within your own skin. And I, I'm not totally free, but I am, um, I'm free in a way I, and, and experiencing freedom on a daily basis in a way I could not have even imagined you know, 20 years ago. Freedom from what? Uh, freedom from, well, for me, freedom from, um, I, I suffered a lot of depression, uh, you know, alcohol abuse, you know, so freedom wow. from, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did alcohol and d depression the way I do CrossFit. So I, I do have that personality. And, very well and said. <laughs> it, it, it needs to be driven in a very, very positive manner because I, I have such, um, I guess I have such a powerful, ferocious energy inside of me that, it must be channeled. So I guess I'm I'm free from um, free to free from the, that pain, free from um, being trapped basically in in my own habits and um, and the very negative habits. And um, you know, I used to call it the pit of despair. You know that I would end up in the pit of despair over and over with no tools, with no way out, and with absolutely no freedom um, from from that cycle. And it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And um, um, you know, and freedom, freedom to explore who I truly am um, and, and to not be afraid of that because I was, uh, you know, walk into a room of people and be terrified of who they thought I was and I don't need to worry anymore because I know who I am. I'm, you know, I'm totally free to, to explore. Well, you, you know who you are and you can kick all their asses too, right? Yeah, most of them. <laughs> most of them. Mm. Well, that that is awesome. Now you're talking about depression. Uh, are you okay if I ask you a few questions that are uh, women specific? Yeah, go crazy. I, I, okay, I get a lot of questions on uh, on the Bulletproof blog uh, around intermittent fasting, and uh, I've written a book on fertility for women uh, that Wiley published last year, uh, and around in pregnancy health and all. So I'm I, I care very deeply about that. And at your level of fitness, your level of competition, how do you handle, you know, the monthly cycle, hormone fluctuations yeah. and things like that? Like, like what's changed because of your level of elite fitness? <laughs> oh, look, my, um, my journey with my menstrual cycle has been hell on earth. Um, and it very much was um, linked, linked into my depression and the cycle of my depression. So um, it's been a journey of my entire life and um, always, you know, looking for answers. You know, how, how do I get out of this hell hole? Um, so I've constantly looked for patterns, constantly looked for answers, and um, actually I'm just producing my first app, <laughs> go cool. me, um, and it's very much based on um, a, like a self-analysis um, chart or just, you know, how, how do I measure heart rate, mood, uh, menstrual cycle, like what day am I on the menstrual cycle, my hydration, my sleep, my, my nutrition, um, like just measuring, I used to actually include my biorhythms as well on that chart, mm -hmm. um, and um, just constantly looking for patterns. So as soon, once I can see the patterns, of course, I can start to, you know, catch 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 that wave, you know, and, and not let it um, not let it go where uh, it, it it took me to negative places. So, um, you know, in in saying that, it's been about managing all of those aspects. It's been about uh, withdrawing all of those poisons, toxic poisons from my, my diet. So, you know, the stuff we know and love when we talk about paleo, so dairy and sugar and wheat and um, uh, all of the chemicals. Are you pro-butter um, or anti-butter when you mentioned dairy there? No, I don't find butter is, um, is a problem for me. So I'm, okay. I'm a fan of grass-fed organic butter, but that's it. That's, you that's have dairy. some of the best grass-fed butter on the planet in Australia. 
Um, the last two times I've been there, I'm like, you have biodynamic grass-fed butter. Like you can pick this up. Like it's so amazing. Like you're giving Uh, Ireland a run for their money here. Yeah, yeah, we're very, we're very, very lucky here in here in South Australia. We have um, a great biodynamic um, farm that produces that the butter you're probably referring to. Yeah. Um, but no, in terms of managing um, that menstrual cycle, and you know, in terms of, uh, it's not. Once I got the physical out of the way, so addressed all of the dietary issues, I started working with a naturopath, and that really helped to bring you know, all my, you know, uh, hormones into balance and, you know, the vitamins and minerals that I was deficient in. So I brought as much as I could into balance. But then it's just knowing what happens on what days mentally because that, that's the battle in the end. Once you've got all of the balance in the other areas and getting enough sleep and well-hydrated, well-nourished, well um, it's, um, it's knowing, oh, and on day 22, I'm starting to feel... Uh, like I'm craving sugar or I can't do this anymore, you know, I'm no good. Like the stuff that my head will tell me is, um, you know, it it really, it it goes against me in every way and um, it it is my worst enemy at those times Um, and I don't know where it gets the rubbish that it dishes out and it it invariably dishes it out every month and I just have to know not to believe it And and that is a really tough thing. It's like, I have to have strategies in place. Like, what do I do? I ring a friend. Do you know? Like, I literally pick up the phone and say, it's day 23 and this is what my head is telling me. And she will tell me, it's only one friend, she will tell me everything's all right. It's day 23. You're premenstrual. You know, don't believe the hype. And um, you really can. It, it, yeah. I, I don't understand. And I don't. It doesn't stop. It never has stopped. But I do get better at putting strategies in place to manage it. And I know in my diary, every day I track it. What day am I? And if I have those thoughts, I look in my diary. Oh, look there, day 24. No wonder I'm starting to get mad. Don't believe it. And and that's all I can do is um, not believe it and start utilizing, I know, whatever mantras um, that I might like to use on a particular day. So just focusing on the positive, how does it get better than this? You know, what else is possible? How does it get better than this? What else is possible? Over and over and over again, because I cannot let, and it's like with meditation, don't pay attention to those negative thoughts, just let them pass through. So those thoughts are going to come and they're going to be um, heavy and bleak and black and a lot like depression when you're premenstrual, but not to pay them attention and to redirect that focus, that mental focus to something positive. And um, my mantras have changed uh, you know, at different stages of my life, but I, I quite like the um, what else is possible? How does it get better than this? It just, um, yeah. I think you just dropped the jaws of the tens of thousands of women who are listening to this <laughs> and uh, and probably helped a few guys understand uh, what, what you're going through for something like that uh, because, honestly, we don't have a, a really good analog to understand. No. There's... There's a set of signals that come from your body that feel like they're from you, and they're just the body like doing what bodies do. Like, like I call it the meat operating system. And yeah. it can be really challenging to know like when it's you or when it's like the meat operating system just sort of giving you a signal like, ah, something's wrong. In your case, you know, it, it's day 23. Um, for other people, it can be, you know, I'm, I, I'm hungry, my blood sugar's crashing, whatever. But all these weird feelings come out and I certainly used to have tons of anger issues that were biologically mediated. Right. So I'm like, why am I feeling so angry? I feel guilty that I'm so mad at, you know, why did I do that? I must be a bad person. And it's like, no, it's because, you know, the operating system of my body like betrayed me and made me think something that wasn't (laughs) actually there. Yes. It's betrayal by the mind and the body. It's so true. I like that one. I haven't betrayal. It's true. My, My mind betrays me and, um, you know, 
on a regular, you know, monthly basis. And, um, you know, that years with meditation has, has helped to teach me not, not to pay it, uh, attention um, and to know that I'm not alone. Like, we are not alone like this. You are not a failure because, you know, your mind is, um, is betraying you. But you must have strategies and tools. And around that uh, time of the month, I make uh, an exceptional effort to get more sleep, um, you know, to, to have less stress in my life, like just to recognize that the last thing I need to do if I can avoid it is to go do a, a presentation, you know, <laughs> when, I'm, <laughs> when I'm premenstrual. I mean, ideally, I don't go and compete when I'm premenstrual uh, as well because I'm, I am noticeably uh, weaker. I am noticeably, like my nervous system is not, it doesn't fire as finely. Like I just can't feel things as well. So if I'm going to do a heavy snatch ladder up, you know, I I am not in my um, I'm not in a, you know the prime position to, to hit a PB and um, it, it doesn't come easily. I, I was um, and I do map my menstrual cycle and I was leading into the CrossFit Games in 2013. I was uh, leading into the worst period, like day 24, day 25, oh, day no. 26, bad, bad, bad. But I knew that a couple of months out and. Um, so I, I don't take the pill normally, but I did go to a doctor and um, and get a prescription for the pill and just run it through um, those two months. So I avoided my menstrual cycle at that time. So for me, um, I needed to do that. Like I cannot afford to be flying internationally, um, yeah. you know, changing time zones, you know, just all of that stuff um, and then being hit with a major competition. Having worked for two years of my life, every moment of every day to perform at my very best. So, you know, I, I wouldn't use those tools at any other time, but, you know, that that, that was uh, critically important and um, that's my solution. It, it's admirable that you did that and I'm sure that that's a controversial statement. But, like, do you, do you own your biology or not? And, and the bottom line is, yeah, if you are a modern person, we have tools that did not exist for our parents where we can control our bodies and make them do what we want. And our bodies oftentimes don't. I, and losing 100 pounds, <laughs> things like that for me were kind of important. And uh, yeah. like, I'll be damned if I'm going to live in a world where like my hormones are going to do something I don't want them to do at a time that's inconvenient. So you, you yeah. stepped up, you took charge, and you, you did that. I, I think that's you know, the essence of being in control of your biology. So congratulations for making that decision. Yeah, it was a pretty easy decision. And... Um and, and certainly the right one for me. And you know, the flip side of um, the negative um, side of the pat of the monthly cycle is, you know, come day uh, five through to fifteen, I am on fire. You know, I love being who I am. I can lift heavy. I can take on anything. You know, I am peaking. You know, there are, there are two weeks where it's extraordinary, and there are two weeks where it slowly dips. You know, so um, it would have been amazing to have been able to hit the CrossFit Games in that peak state oh, yeah. of my of my cycle. Um, you know, the other thing that um, I recognise when I hit the, the the tough patch of my menstrual cycle is. You know, all of that stuff that does come up in my mind, stuff that's bothering me or, um, you know, my personal life, there's always a recurring theme and um, guaranteed we're actually quite lucky as women because those recurring themes are um, a reminder that that shit needs to be paid attention to. If it's coming up again and again and again, it's because you haven't addressed it, you haven't resolved it and as soon as you have and the menstrual cycle lets you know because you're so hypersensitive. Um, it lets you know what needs to be addressed. So if you can take it as a positive and actually address it, it's um, an incredible opportunity for 
personal growth. <laughs> it, it is. And there's another interesting fact that uh, we came across in the research for uh, the Better Baby book. And that when you're ovulating, if you're below average intelligence, you get smarter. And if you're mm -hmm. above average intelligence, you get dumber. Yep. <laughs> the day before and the day yeah. of ovulation, which is probably in order to, you know, encourage propagation of the species. But the fact that your IQ, like your basic intelligence, not to mention yeah. your emotions, are changing on a on a basis like that. It, mm -hmm. I I mean, guys have some of that too. It, it's much smaller. You know, we get an, an ejaculation hangover and things. But our monthly cycles, which do exist, are so small they're almost invisible. So yeah. to manage your performance as a, a professional athlete uh, in the context of that seems like an overwhelming challenge. But you've you've definitely stepped up and done it, which is remarkable. Um, what what do you eat during all this time? Like like you know, I know you're in the paleo kind of high fat thing, but What's a typical day, breakfast, lunch, dinner? Do you even eat all three meals? Or what do you do? Uh, look, I'm a huge fan of food. Um, and I'm also that sort of metabolism and body shape that I need to be, uh, body type, that I need to be mindful of the foods that I eat because uh, I'll put on weight easily. Um, so I, um, I start the day with, uh, funnily enough, my bulletproof coffee. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I do have coffee only up until about 11.30 in the morning. But I don't, I don't do intermittent fasting. I've tried, and it just breaks me down with the volume of training that I do. Yeah, that would be a bad um, idea for a woman yeah, it's a with bad your idea. regiment. Like, don't, like, don't do that, even with Bulletproof Coffee. Bad idea. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I like to try everything. So, yeah. yeah, I found out the hard way that it doesn't work for me. At least I know now. Um, so I'll, have, um, I'll actually have my Bulletproof Coffee in the morning, and I um, currently have um, this incredible smoothie. And I, I'm a smoothie juice queen. Um, you know, I, I do tend to live on a lot of liquid foods throughout the day um, just because my, my digestive system is so compromised with the high-intensity training that I do, as I say, for hours a day. Um, but my uh, morning smoothie, I, 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 go, I basically go to bed each night desperately waiting to wake up so I can have my coffee and my smoothie. <laughs> and it, over and over, it's like Groundhog Day, excited. excited. But um, my smoothie is um, an enormous banana, organic banana, um, a whole, like, two um, cups of frozen blueberries. And then I put um, some organic pea protein powder, like four scoops of that, um, almond milk, organic almond milk, and then all of the superfoods that I've got on the shelf, um, so maki berry powder, uh, lacuma, is that how you say it? Yep. Lacuma powder, um, acai berry powder, I've got your collagen, the bulletproof oh, collagen, cool. that goes in. Um, what else am I forgetting? Uh, yeah. yeah, there's usually another couple of um, superberry powder. Uh, powders that go in there and um, so I whiz that up and that, that gives me two enormous um, shakers full of uh, smoothie for the you, morning. You must put some fat in there too to make it creamy or no? Like raw egg yolks no, or something? I, I don't add any I don't add any fat. I don't add any fat to that. Um, you know, I've got okay, the bulletproof. So you got it in your coffee already, I see. Okay. Yeah, I, I got the fat there and I, I feel that that's enough. Yeah. Um, so that gets me through the morning and I'm usually training um you know, again, I've got a couple of hours of training in the morning after working for a couple of hours. And um, um, and then I'll always have, uh, immediately post-training, I, I have a, um, a whey protein powder with a whole bunch of glutamine and mm -hmm. L-carnitine and taurine and um, uh, all of that goodness. Do you take vitamins uh, and stuff with that too, aside from the aminos? Do you take like a multi or a bunch of zinc or something? Actually, what I do, I don't know if you can see this, this yeah. green bottom here, yeah. So I have uh, liters a day um, of um, 
It's a, it's a blend of um, the current product I use is Vital Greens. I've been using that for years and there are a whole lot of other green powders on the market. Yeah, the, the guy who runs that is from down in your neck of the woods, right? Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Australian products. Yep. Yeah, uh, I've, I met him uh, at, a, at a conference in Utah on the top of a ski mountain. Really cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But it's, a, it's an incredible product. I've been on it for, I don't know, four or five years now. And, um, you know, it's barley grass, wheatgrass, spirulina, alfalfa, kelp. Like the list of ingredients is so long um, and all organic. Um, so that's kind of the foundation um, okay. with my branch chains and my creatine and my, um, yeah, my branch chains, creatine, beta alanine, vital greens. So I'll drink six litres of that a day easily. Um, so I'm being drip-fed the most extraordinary um, nutrients all day, every day. Like even just in that Vital Greens, I probably couldn't eat a decent diet and in a year um, get the nutrients that are in that, um, you know, in that scoop. So, um, so before I've even got to lunchtime, I've already got, you know, so much in the way of superfoods and the highest quality basically. Any, the highest quality foods is what goes into me and um, what a privilege that is and I'm not even at lunchtime yet. Um, so then at lunchtime, I'll always have um, a couple of organic um, eggs, um, nitrate-free, free-range organic bacon and um, half an avocado. Uh, and again, I look forward to that, like gleeful child. Um, <laughs> bacon does that. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> One word, bacon. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, but again, you know, the nitrate-free stuff, the yeah. free-range stuff, you know, not the rubbish. Um, and then again, I'll have, um, you know, that that berry smoothie that I had earlier in the morning, I'll have another one of them in the afternoon. I'll have my post-training um, uh, protein shake again, so the same stuff, that um, that whey and glutamine. And then at night I have a massive steak and a, and an, um, a salad with, um, you know, mostly lettuce and um, avocado. Um, that's kind of it, but uh, with rice. I, I have white rice as well, I've steamed white rice with my dinner. And the final um, thing, and honestly, this is a, a fairly consistent, you know, this is a normal day, every day, over and over. I'm quite OCD on it. But I'll have um, two or three um, organic green vegetable juices every day, so freshly juiced. Um, and that's been going on for since the dawn of time for me. Nice. <laughs> um, and, and that pretty much sums up my day, and, and, and that'll be, yeah, day in, day out. Uh, but a lot of liquid food, as you can see, throughout the day just to get the nutrients in and absorb them. Well, you, you must be a hot date anytime a woman orders steak at dinner. It's a good sign, right? It's like, are you going to eat that? <laughs> I was like, yes, that's awesome. Not that I have any dating in my life. I'm married and have two young kids. But I always was impressed when, when a woman would order steak when I was dating. I'm like, I like you. <laughs> so, and eat it all. God. Oh, totally. What about blood tests? Are you like, you know, looking at your hormones and your nutrient levels and like doing the vampire thing like I do where you're always walking around with a test tube of blood that someone wants? Um, actually, not not so much. I um I work with a naturopath who does Vega testing, and I um I've been working with her now for almost oh I guess it's four years, maybe oh maybe closer to five years. And I um Vega I testing just for listeners, this is an electrodermal thing where you're looking at like acupressure points using electrical stimulator. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and honestly, it's like voodoo to me. I, I truly, I'm not scientific. I don't understand how it works. You obviously do, but it is extraordinary the way it has worked for me, and I um, believe in it 100%. Um, it sounds like witch doctory. I'll tell you, I've seen some unreal results from it where that little machine knows things about your biology by looking at flow of electrons through the skin. I, there is real science behind it. It's just mostly from the Eastern Bloc uh, not from the Western scientific discipline, but I believe there's uh, legitimate uh, science uh, to it. Yeah. 
I'm a huge fan. It's um, it's it's brought extraordinary health um, to me. So I, I see my naturopath every four to six weeks. In fact, I see her on Monday morning, um, and uh, I actually started with her. I got very sick being an um, all organic vegetarian, doing a lot of meditation and not much exercise. About five years ago, stressed out of my brain, I ended up yeah. with a massive fibroid tumor on my uterus, and oh, wow. I was. Um, I'd never been in a worse state of health in my life and um, and that's when I was referred to her amongst other things. I tried everything um, and, and that began the process for me of getting extremely well. Um, so she's she's the one who balances my hormones, my uh, my minerals, my, you know, whatever vitamins need um, and, and also helping to manage my adrenal fatigue, you know. It's constantly fluctuating with the sort of life that I lead, yeah. the training well, training and travel um, to, together stress anyone's adrenals. Well, uh, travel's the worst. Um, it's not natural. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so I rely on her. Uh, okay. I rely on her for, um, for, for managing that aspect. Yeah. So you're under a, a professional's care on that side of things. And it sounds like you're doing really, really well. And you certainly look like you're doing well, which is awesome. Yeah. We're, we're coming up towards the end of our show. And, and there's a question that I've asked every guest except that one time when I forgot. And that is, given everything you've been through in life, uh, not just as a CrossFit athlete or a triathlete or any of the other things, what three pieces of advice would you offer to people who want to kick more ass? Mm. Um, yeah, ass kicking is a, is a good thing. Um, there, there, there are, you know, there's one to me, and it, I, I always looked for the answer like I, I looked in every book oh what's the answer or every therapist that I went to they're going to have the answer like you know this this next food will be the answer you know and he, here's the thing the number one thing is there's no one thing yep. <laughs> every 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 one percent of every single thing that you have involvement or control over in your life so what you think what you eat what you drink what, where you live, you know, the environment you, you surround yourself with, the people, like every 1% of every single thing, that's what's important, you know, that is it. And that, and probably the second thing for me is, um, not that I haven't covered everything already in number one, but um, the second thing is, like, never, it, it never give up hope. Like, it is never over. If there is, if there is even the tiniest sliver of hope, then there is a possibility of, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. And, and for me, you know, especially in those times of depression, it was um, something would something would keep me coming back, just hope. I just kept trying. Even when I thought it was all over, I didn't want it, I'd failed, you know, it was never going to get better. Yeah, it just, it never is. You know, even when you think you're not doing your best, you're doing your best. <laughs> um, and that gave me permission to, um, or I, I see how that has um, has helped me well, finally arrive in a place that I could never have imagined arriving. So all the one percenters, you know, every single one percent counts and never, never give up hope. You don't need number three, do you? There's no, that's done. That's only two. I'm, I'm feeling so changed here. Come on, <laughs> three, kick some ass. Three, give us number three. three. You know it's in you. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm about to get a new tattoo um, and I, I think it, it sums it up and that is dream fiercely. Oh, no. that's a great one. See, if you hadn't pushed yourself, you wouldn't have come up with it. How <laughs> cool is that? Now, where is this one going? Uh, on my ribs, just on the side, on my ribs, on the line of my ribs. Yeah, awesome. in, a, in a few weeks, I'm booked in. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. 
Amanda, you mentioned you have a new book coming out. Can you give us your URL or Twitter or however you like people who hear this who want to talk with you? Uh, how should they get a hold of you? Um, basically, um, best best way for me is on my my athlete Facebook page, Amanda Allen CrossFit Athletes, um, and everything's sort of being channeled through there for the time being. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's um, it's not far off. I've, I've got about three chapters to to finish, and um, yeah, it's my CrossFit journey, which is um, the journey of of my life, really. That sounds like an amazing, fascinating read. We will put links to your Facebook page on the show notes for this on bulletproofexec.com. And when your book comes out, let me know, and I'll make sure that our listeners and readers know about it. I'll be sure to, to mention it on the uh, on the podcast, which sounds like you know you've you've really plumbed the depths, not just physically of what you can do, but also psychologically. So I look forward to reading your book when it comes out. Thanks, Dave. I did plumb the depths. <laughs> Have an awesome rest of the day in sunny Australia. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic to talk to you, Dave. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.